she's not alive. No, she's Would she have been 100? Oh, wow. I don't know. You know, she, was always, she always seemed like she was 100. Yeah. I don't, I don't really go for that when people say, oh, it's, it would have been so-and-so's birthday today. Like, I, I know that my dad's, you know, day of birth is December 5th, but on, on December 5th every year, I don't go, oh, well, you know, it's my dad's birthday. It's not as beautiful. Well, that's I think what it, makes you better than most people. <laughs> okay. Like, you do this. Like, I just think what your, your birthdays should stop after you're dead. Hmm. And you do, too. Yeah, but the thing is, your birthday never changes whether you're alive or dead. That was your birthday. Yeah. If well, you somehow managed to live through whatever your death was, yeah. then you'd be that old. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think if you managed to live through it, you're no longer dead. And if I could believe my father-in-law, you're not dead. You go somewhere else. You're just hanging out somewhere else. So the clock keeps ticking, right? You're just yeah. hanging out in a different place. I don't know if they keep track of time in the other dimensions, do you think? Mm-hmm. Probably not, because there's probably no other dimensions yeah. other than dust. Yeah, well, and then that's what I, I love when people do this. You know, after somebody passes away, they go, oh, you know, your father or your mother, they're still watching over you. And I was always like, I hope that's not true. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just because I'm no, doing that's true. Listen, I barely want Stan in the room. I mean, mm-hmm. what if my mom and dad have been mm-hmm. watching over me these last 30 or 40 years? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want that. It's creepy. Just check your internet history. <laughs> That's right. Or what? Exactly. I, it's, I'm, it's all I can do to clear my browsing history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need Luba Glassman looking down on me. Oh, Howie. Oh, my, my God. Goodness. Will he ever tire um, of making aggressive love to himself? Or there's that other thing, right? Well, now, Mom, now that Mom's dead, she can join Dad in heaven. Yeah. And how, how is that? Like, you know, do you meet them somewhere? Like, when you get there, you're standing at the gate waiting for them, and what happens if gra- you grab their bags or like, I don't that whole thing. <laughs> no, I know. Me too. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, you know, now you can join Dad. I can't. There's a comedian that's got a bit about you know that whole thing about reuniting with his ex-wife and or his wife in heaven. He's like, I don't want to right. be part of it. <laughs> I don't want to spend eternity with that. I want to. I want to meet new people. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? Uh, is it this song? I think Freddie likes Bette Miller. Bette Midler. Um, oh, yeah. This is God is Watching Us. Her. Oh, can't play it, Dan. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's not the song. It's not long, isn't it? God is Watching Us, Dan, from a distance. Oh, this is from a distance. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, what happens? You go up there and you re- you, re- you reunite with your loved ones. From a distance, I don't know about that. I know a bunch of people hanging out that on Earth never spent much time with each other, but no, in exactly. heaven, it's like, oh, you can join and yell, and we'll play, we'll play euchre, we'll play God euchre. Yes, <laughs> <We'll play. laughs> that's right. Skip through heavenly <laughs> forests and, and that whole together. and Dan that whole sort of checking in at the front desk, you know, St. Peter, the front, the you have you get up there and you yeah. you know you get judged. And then you're supposed to... Have, well, if there's a line to get in, that, that's not heaven. Exactly. Well, exactly, Dad. That's right. There should be no lineups in heaven. That's a great Why name for... Lines a, in heaven? That's a great name for uh, something. There are no lineups in heaven. You know, it, it's a healthy attitude, too, because since my father-in-law died in the summer, 
you know, I've thought a lot about it. And I said to Delise one day, I said, well, one thing I'll say about your dad, I hope he's where he thought he would be. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he was a big guy. Seventh-day Adventist. The afterlife was a huge thing. Yeah. Really, you, you were just on earth waiting for that, honestly. And she says, well, I like to think so. I think so. And I just shut it down there because I didn't want to get into an argument over that, right? Oh, well, yeah. no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I had... Uh... Let's discuss that. No, I do not think so because I don't think so. So what makes you think yes when I think no? <sighs> yeah, I mean, Let's it's debate a... that. Yeah, well, and, and you have to decide if that's a debate you want to have. Exactly. Um, yeah, you don't know if you want to have that debate. I have, Very briefly, somebody was... I was in a group of uh, golf people. I don't know how religion came up. I guess it was Friday morning. And uh, the person who is, is somewhat religious. And they started talking about... And then, and, and then I just quickly went, well, what about... All I said was Kenneth Copeland, $750 million, you know, net worth. Joel Osteen, $140 million net worth. And they cut me off with, yes, but there's a million missionaries in Africa who are doing great work and not being paid. And I said, well, why don't they get some of the money from Joel Osteen and those guys? <laughs> like, oh, he wouldn't like, give it. Yeah, well, if, if those African ministers aren't being paid, what about uh, mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland coming up with some money for them? But no one wants to have that discussion. <laughs> no. Nobody, nobody wants it, Dan. Nobody. <laughs> anyway. You know, you shouldn't be talking I, politics. I don't. Exactly. On the golf course. Daniel, as soon as, I, yeah. as, soon as he rebuked my... Uh, nonsense i was like okay i'm done that's fine that's all i have to that's all i have to add at this at this juncture how was your golf game by the way was it <sighs> well friday was nice and the- oh beautiful well friday was cool oh yeah it was a bit of wind and rain and but yesterday was cool. yesterday was beautiful it was just like 20 it was the perfect golf weather like 20 degrees 19 20 degrees and not too windy, but, you know, sure enough, I don't know if you guys felt it, by late afternoon, I got home, I was going to take Stan out, and I was outside, I was just, it started to get cold again, because it can't be nice more than 24 hours in any given period. Yeah, that was my line yesterday, when I was outside, we were sitting outside, and my mother-in-law was sitting outside, I actually had to move out of the sun, which I thought, found encouraging, but I said, enjoy it, because, you know, this is our one nice day, now we're going to have to pay for it with five or six shitty ones. <laughs> I bet, you, I bet you that's fun for everyone at the cookout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks, You're Father. such a good time. <laughs> that's right. Everyone's having a nice time. Well, I'm the same way. Well, enjoy it while you can, because you know it's going to suck any second. Uh, no. Looking back at those days with my dad, would he <laughs> that's never right. enjoy a nice you know, day? That's, that, that'll be our legacy on any nice day, like 30 years from now. You know, if dad were here, he'd be warning us to enjoy it because it wouldn't last. <laughs> Not so fast, eh? Don't enjoy yourself too much. Yeah. Well, but it's true, though. I mean, yesterday was amazing. I played right in the middle of the day, which was the warmest part. And then, uh, you know, by the time evening set in, I don't know where you were, Daniel, but uh, it was getting cold here. <laughs> we have this other thing, right? Delise bought all this patio furniture for around the pool, but it all has cushions, and I can't stand it because she doesn't want to leave the cushions out and let them get wet and then dry in the sun because they might get moldy. So then mm-hmm. I had to buy a shed to put the cushions. Shed. So the whole... <laughs> Yesterday, we put the cushions out so everybody could sit, and then I had to check the forecast to see if it was going to rain overnight, and they predicted rain, Mm -hmm. so then I had to put all the cushions away. 
So now I call it cushion season. That's what I said to Danny when he arrived. I said, don't forget, it's cushion season, mm. which is a drag because <laughs> cushion season means every freaking time we put the furniture out, I have to put the cushions away. And it's a, there's a, I bet you there's, I bet you there's 18 different cushions. Oh. So let's review between you complaining about the weather and warning everyone to not enjoy themselves too much. It's also, and then I got to put away the cushion. Hey, by the way, I did. I'm, you know, we're, uh, I don't know. Like the place I was staying at in California, same thing. It had multiple cushions, maybe not 18, but more than 10. And during the windy couple of days there. I was putting cushions in and out, and I can see how that would be a drag, my friend. Oh, so it's I'm, a, it's I'm a on real your pain side. in the ass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can't so they this... come up with stylish, nice, modern furniture that doesn't require cushions, is my question. Dan, what do you say about that before we start the show? And um, hi, everyone. It's uh, Humble and Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, they do. There's a sort of a mesh kind of experience. Oh, yeah, but they're not as comfortable. Yeah. It doesn't no. meet all standards. No. no. I see. Okay. No. And also, no. the entire winter, you've been complaining about winter. Now you're... Oh, we have new... About... Oh, but Dan, we're transitioning. Uh-huh. We're transitioning <laughs> to a new... A new season of woe. I actually said, I forgot I said this to Rachel because I was going to barbecue Saturday night, but it was too cold. I didn't want to stand out there. I said, they shouldn't even call this. This isn't spring. It's just not winter. That's the problem is we go summer, fall, winter, not winter. But this, because as soon as March 21st comes around, we start thinking, you know, people have said this. Spring is the big lie. Spring's a big lie. We don't get, pardon? It's a big lie. It is a big lie. The big lie is spring, Dan. Yes. You were a weatherman. You know what I'm talking about. So we should just call this transition period not spring, but it's not summer. And then, of course, May 2-4 comes along and it'll be instantly summer. See, that's when I think about going away next winter for a couple of months when I'm on VRBO or uh, Airbnb. That's going to be one of the filters. I want a non-cushion place because I get enough of that in the summer. Exactly. You should do that. (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. I can imagine you going, this place is nice, but I feel there's too many cushions in there. <laughs> Outdoor furniture. All right, Daniel, you're in charge. <laughs> Complaining a displacement theory. Yes. Yeah. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shimong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and HealthGage. And now here are two men whose pivotal work and leadership in the field of broadcast excellence has gone largely unnoticed, largely due to their largesse. It's the lighter than they used to be, Humble and Fred. I wish I had a largesse. I really do. I do. You know, I've been working on it, but I, uh, you can't, uh, I got no junk in my trunk. You know? Dan's starting to uh, lose some ass. Uh, it's flattening. Yeah, is it? Oh yeah, it's starting to flatten out. Even the great, uh, even the great Fred Patterson bum is. Uh, is it? Well, it's oh. got to be by now, for God's sake. Yeah, I don't really know. You know, it's hard to see. It is. is well, there, yeah. Is there, is there a workout you can do to increase the? Oh, like I've. I've increased the strength of my tiny flat bum, but uh, you just can't. It doesn't. I can't fill out a pair of pants. It's you pretty can't weird. Bulk it up in any way? There's no bulking exercise you can do. I don't know, Dan. I'm 62, dude. 
Yeah, but you're into workout stuff. And, yeah. Well, know. like I said, I do lunges, I do squats, I do all that stuff, and I'm stronger. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. I can. Can you flex your uh, buttocks? Can you yeah. sit yourself up on your buttocks? Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you. I couldn't a few months ago. Oh, really? You mean you just did? Weak, uh, weak butt muscles. They just give up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'd go to squeeze, and then nothing happened. Well, I don't know. Listen, wow. there's a lot of wow. stuff going. You know what? There's a lot of stuff going on down there. Um, Noel Kassler, Fred, will be with us. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the world of U.S. politics. Trump rallies. <clears throat> By the way, I'm going to see if I can find that audio. Maybe you guys have seen it mm-hmm. of Trump freaking out with uh, Piers Morgan. In fact, that interview, maybe we referenced it last Thursday, but the interview is going to run tonight with Trump. And at one point, Trump freaks out and walks away. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was confronted on the weekend. Uh, maybe we'll get into a bit of that uh, as well. Some Canadian politics. There is Canadian politics to discuss. I'm not sure we can do it with Noel, but uh, we'll get to a little bit of it. Dan Duran's news a little bit later on. Daniel. We'll see you then. All right, buddy. Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's like it's almost uh, like she is just so mentally unstable and yeah. weird that yeah. it's uh You'd think her constituents would say, hey, yeah, we we elected her, but this there's something wrong with this woman. We might want to rethink it, but no way, right? They just, it's something else. Like, the, the woman has, there's something not right there. Yeah, I've thought the same thing. Her and uh, Lauren Boebert, <clears throat> excuse me, and Matt Gates and Josh Holland and Josh Colley, and there's a bunch of them in that constituency. But uh, I'll try and find this uh, mini meltdown of Trump's. The other thing is, you know, I, well, you, we both have asked that question. Don't you think they're the people that elected these people would at some point go no? But, Fred, here's um, also when we get uh, Noel on. I've got uh, some audio of a Trump rally and a woman outside the Trump rally explaining to a reporter how uh, Princess Diana and Jackie O are still alive. Oh, Jesus. So, okay. uh, but to, I only, I only counter that to your question. That's who we're dealing with. It's yes. like, mm-hmm. and, and when you hear this audio, you'll hear her explain what she thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, just catch us up. You, you mentioned the uh, Raptors did uh, avoid a sweep. The Leafs have won a, a game or two. They actually came back from a deficit, I saw. Yeah, the Raptors, uh, it's game five in Philly tonight, so they are, they're facing elimination as they were on the weekend at home here. Um, who knows? Although Freddie Van Fleet apparently is questionable for the game, which I find uh, surprising. He must be quite injured to not be able to play in this game if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Maple Leafs, they won uh, a shootout last night in Washington. The but, goofy but were, shootout. But uh, were they down? I, I read on my... Yeah, uh, yeah they were uh, down 3-1 late in the game. And they came back, which is a good sign. That's a that's a playoff kind of right. vibe. But they lost uh, the team that they're going... Uh, th- that was Thursday night, so we haven't talked since then. The team they're going to play in the first round, it appears, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They went into Tampa Thursday night and got blasted 8-1. to They got blown right out of the barn, as they say. I- I'm sorry, they're going to they're, they're face Tampa? Pretty much, yeah. And uh, decided. But, 
Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was just trying to find something, a little song here for you. Um, so you like Tampa or you don't like Tampa? Oh, I like Tampa. The Leafs, in my estimation, have no chance against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But there, but were they also, uh, was there a chance they were going to play Boston as well? Uh, they could outside shot. Would you rather they played Boston? Don't they always lose to Boston uh, in the first round? Probably, yeah. But then they have to fight all those Boston demons. Mm-hmm. This team just is not a playoff team. I'm sorry. I mean, I no, I have, it's fun. They're like, not how a many times team? have I said that? Uh, 4,700 times. That's right. And but, the goaltending's not good enough. I could see them getting swept by Tampa Bay, honestly. You know, the great thing about sport, though, is that mm-hmm. ultimately you never know. I, I know you have. You've been covering this for a long time. You've been reporting on the Leafs. But you never know. Um, you never, oh, know. Yeah, some, you uh, never oh, know. Only because, <laughs> and again, I don't know. I know you don't think the uh, team has a good goalie, but sometimes it has been proven that playoffs uh, will bring out another gear in some players, and who knows, maybe they get hot at the right moment. Here's the problem, though, Howie. This goaltender they have, their number one goaltender, Jack uh, Campbell, he has a history of getting injured. Mm. Once the playoffs start, you have to play every other night for two months to win the Stanley Cup. It's not going to happen with this guy. It's just not. And then their backup is a 25-year-old kid that got the backup role almost by consolation because their main backup, he's always injured as well and is right now. Who is their main backup? Who's their main backup? Uh, a guy named Peter Morazic, but okay. every time he steps on the ice, he pulls his groin. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he should stop. He really should stop that. <laughs> um, there's another hockey story. Do you want? Oh, actually, let's get to Gee, and then if we have time, we'll get to the guy in 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 Detroit who got fired because he peed in the Zamboni room. But uh, while we're talking about sports, so you got your Raptors, you got your Leafs, the Blue Jays series. Uh, you said they they won their series against. Um, yeah, they won a three-game series in Houston. They won the first two games. Lost a, a heartbreaker yesterday. Uh, they were down like 5-2, tied it up, went ahead 6-5, lose 8-7 in the 10th inning. Uh, but they won the series. They haven't lost a series yet, eh? Well. They tied, they tied a four-gamer with uh, the Yanks, but then have won every other one. If you keep that up for 162 games, you'll uh, end up being okay. Your goal, exactly. That's what you try and do. Um, I'll get to uh, the uh, big story of the day in hockey in a second. But first, Freddie's talking a lot about basketball, uh, baseball, and hockey, of course, which is represented by one of our fine supporters, the wonderful people at Bodog. Yes, Bodog. You know, we've been talking about it for months now, and it really is. You know, you hear a lot about these other betting sites and everything, but Bodog is the granddaddy. Bodog is where you want to be, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player. Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And of course, your Raptors are a uh, heavy uh, underdog tonight in Philadelphia, as you might expect. Uh, look at that. Uh, the Raps pay $265 to win. you got to bet 330 on the uh, 
on the 76ers. So, uh, not too many people expecting the uh, Raptors to emerge. Um, partly because I don't think, I don't believe a lot of uh, NBA teams have ever come down from a 3 three nothing deficit. Never it, It's never happened. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Little stomping Tom Connors for ya. Um, I don't like the Leafs. Sorry, you know I grew up hating them. I, I mean, I I just don't hate them anymore because I've been here for half my life, and I as I've said a million times, I don't like the Leafs, but I love Leaf fans. I've gotten uh, obviously because of you and a lot of other friends here in the GTA I've become an, there's an affection I have for the team I'd love to see them win mainly because I like you which is enough reason but uh, traditionally I hated them I loved Boston as a kid uh, you know I really haven't followed the team in a long time but I'm getting to the point uh, what I'm trying to say is that in those days of the late 60s and early 70s there's the most hockey I ever watched in my life and the Montreal Canadiens of that era and into the 70s you know, you couldn't help but respect them and and like some of their style. And, of course, I'm getting to the fact that a big part of that was Guy Lafleur. And uh, I can't remember how old I was when I heard the, the legend or the story that Guy Lafleur smoked in between periods. But it's that's a that's funny. That's one of those things that's come up this weekend. I've seen it on it's social media. It's never been media. refuted. No, it's never been refuted. No. And... Uh, you know, and again, thinking about the kind of style of play that Guy Lafleur, you know, represented, just a, a hot, fast skating, the hair flying. And uh, my brief time in Montreal, I just remember hearing about what a great guy he was and genuinely mm-hmm. what a nice man he was. Mm-hmm. But he dies at 70, which is way young. Yeah, I'd say. And he had apparently had a piece of his lung removed last year or something, but it was just downhill from there. Right. And it was of, lung cancer, right? Oh, yeah. And he sort of disappeared from, uh, you know, being out in public at all over the past yeah. several months. So it was just a it was just really a waiting thing. But what are your thoughts like about what I said in terms of those teams in the in late 60s, 70s, the, the Montreal Canadiens? Because I can only imagine. Listen, I hated Montreal because that's what Bruins fans did, still do. But, you know, looking back on it, you know, Leaf fans couldn't have been, you know, all that uh, happy about my whole My whole existence through those miserable 70s with the Maple Leafs and part of the 80s, I mean, the only, the only thing that kept me interested in hockey was watching the Habs lose. Like, I would, the Leafs were just so rotten mm-hmm. that if I had to sit down and watch a game with the Habs in it, because it used to be that way if the Leafs were on the road or anything, you get mm-hmm. the Montreal game. And I'd sit there just hoping Montreal would lose. <laughs> like, I, seriously, I just, I despise them. And I admit it because they were just so traditionally good right. that I got tired of it and they were our arch rival, so to speak. Yeah, I hate them. I still do. <laughs> what was the season? And help me out here. And also, was Lafleur part of that season where the Habs only lost a few games? Oh yeah, they only lost eight games. They only lost eight games. I don't know if it yeah. was an eighty-two game season at that point. Good point. I'm not sure either, but I think it was 1976, maybe in that. But it was pretty remarkable. It, mm-hmm. it, it was prior, yeah, prior to the Islanders dynasty. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, Gila Fleur dies. There's a whole bunch of that sort of legendary Habs teams of the, you know, we were with Yvonne Cornway a few years ago and Bellambo passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those guys are getting up there and, you know. Do you think, you know, they're going to give him what they call in Quebec a national funeral? Do you think that's over the top for a hockey player? You know, I would say uh, anywhere but Quebec. Yeah. You know, like it's hard for, I mean, even a Leaf fan, as die hard as Leaf fans are, it's hard to, mm-hmm. the, the Habs have a different, hold a different place in Quebec society. And there are different people too. Are you surprised yeah. though? You can't be surprised they're doing that. I mean, well, I mean, no, no, I'm not. But you know, I, I, again, I'm always, I'm, I've, I've explained to you many times over the years, I'm just so uncomfortable with the adoration of athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's just at a kilter. I mean, you know, the example I use all the time or we've used is there's a guy that's going to perform brain surgery on a kid at sick kids today and gets a fraction of the money and no attention. And now because a guy could swoop down the ice and slap a hockey puck and have a smoke between periods, he gets a national funeral it's just to me no, no, it's, it's way over the top comfortable with that stuff no i i uh, i get it it's it's like it, i only say that it i'm not surprised no 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 not surprised but it is a lot mm-hmm. you know i you wouldn't can you imagine is there a toronto maple leaf that could die anyone and they would give them uh whatever our ontario version of a, a state funeral would be no like Johnny Bauer died in the last couple of years, yeah. and you know he won a couple of three or four Stanley Cups with the Leafs, and no, no, yeah, it is different. You're right; it's a different culture. It's a different. I can't different even think of an athlete in the. For, I was going to say Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. I don't know who who what athlete could could die in North America, and they would do what they're doing in Quebec. Well, the thing is, I'm not sure any of those would have a national... They call it a national funeral in Quebec for obvious reasons, because in the minds of many, they think they're a nation, but... Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. Really, it's a provincial... Yes. ...funeral. Yeah. Um, with Tiger Woods, what, he was born in California, maybe yeah. some significance to California, but I don't think a national tribute, not like a... Yeah. A politician or anything like that. Well, and that's the thing about those hockey players, Bellavo, Cornway, Guy Lafleur, all those players. You know, the, what they used to call them, the high flying, but but uh, flying Frenchman, flying Frenchman. That's right. Can you say that now? I don't know. You can. Yeah. But yeah. there's, you know, I can't imagine another province, and I've lived in five of them. No, you're right. That has the. You know, like I said to you, the very first time I went to a Montreal Canadiens game, it was an exhibition game in right. the um, in the fall of 1988 when I came mm-hmm. back to Canada, and I'd never been to one. I was at the old Forum, and it was an exhibition game between Nordique and the Montreal Canadiens, and I, I walked in, and I, I was with Lumby, and right away, it was because I'd been to games at the Forum and all across the country, and it, were, it was an exhibition game, and the sound inside the arena was like nothing I'd yeah. ever heard, and... Mm-hmm. Everyone was dressed up. Yeah. Like, it's a different event there. Yeah. Well, it was like that in Toronto for years, too, back in the 60s. If you went to the game, you put a suit on. And people Sorry. used to get dressed up to go on airplanes. Yeah. 
or to or to the movies. <laughs> I don't. I miss that part. I think. Yeah. Well, of course, in Moose Jaw, we only had one movie theater until I was about fourteen. Um, on the point of Guy Lafleur, do you think is uh, this is a too soon it actually happened on the weekend doll and i are talking about she loves the blue jays the leafs come up she says when do the playoffs start and i said next week and she said is montreal in the playoffs and i said no they stink i said doll in fact you know how bad the halves are <laughs> and she said no and i said they're so bad Guy lafleur could still play for them <laughs> and she great. said too soon too <laughs> soon too soon do you think that's a too no. soon no no because it's just hockey it's, yeah, it's not soon oh, enough. Oh, yeah, but I got an abrupt too soon, like no oh, giggle or anything. Oh, yeah. Well. And I thought, oh, I should have saved that one for Howie. Yeah, that's right, because there's no too soon in our world. <laughs> there's no too soon. No, it's not too soon. That's funny. Uh, but uh, that's an interesting conversation. I'm going to think about that. Mm-hmm. The idea that, it, what, is there another place that would celebrate the death of an athlete the way that Montreal is going to or yeah. Quebec is going to. I doubt it. Um, okay, well, there, there you go. There you go. I got no golf uh, stuff. There was really nothing going on. It was a goofy PGA Tour weekend. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Johnny Depp. It was interesting. Our new intern, Kyle Kirby, who's uh-huh. going to be joining us tomorrow, and uh, he's got some new content. He actually sent us some uh, stories, a few of which I'd seen. And one of the things that he sent reminded me that you were going to tell me this story. What was that? About Amber Heard, who is suing Johnny Depp. And they're suing each other, I guess. Uh, Rachel told me on the weekend that both of them are claiming that there was physical abuse abuse in their relationship Right. Uh, and I said, what do you mean? Like, you know, she was hitting him and vice versa. She said, yes. I said, well, Freddie told me this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, too, because over the years and we told the story about one program director or manager, manager, manager we had. Who said, if I heard one more story about shit. <laughs> Remember no, that? It was farts and shit. Yeah, it was farts uh, and shit. Farts and shit. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting. Of all the Johnny Depp and his former wife stories, yes. this one rises to the top. Of course it does. Like, right? like a floater in the toilet. Yes. So, yeah, they had an argument one day, and he comes back, and apparently, allegedly, yeah. she was so upset with him that she shit on his side of the bed <laughs> and on the floor. In front of his bed, and you know, uh, that's that's the story. That's how toxic their relationship had become. Yes, and how embarrassing is that? I mean, for both of them to be talking about that in a court of law, but he so needs to get his point across. You know, part of his testimony. There was this, and there was that, and then there was the time. <laughs> I, I would love to be in that courtroom. Mr. Jeff, are you saying I'm com- uh, cross-examining? Yes, Mr. Jeff, are you saying my client, while you were away, pulled down her pants and shit on your bed? That's what I'm saying. It's incredible, yeah. really. No, and that's what... And, and that... Again, that rose to the top of all the of the stories. Yeah that emerged because people are just drawn to that stuff for whatever reason because <clears throat> yeah. you know farts are funny poop is icky and when it's involved it's uh 
you know, all those, you know, those stories we've heard about people just defecating uh, on the street sure. for no reason. And you always hear those stories because I don't know. Uh, uh, that sounded like you were reading to me from a child, a children's book. Part, farts are funny. Poop is icky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poop. And it poop, seems to grab a lot of attention. Poop, poop, Have a listen. Poop, 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 poop. Just play this for your grandkids. They'd love it. This all this whole song is just goes poop, 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 poop. Okay, well, I I really haven't been following this court case other than the the fact that there's alleged abuse. I mean, you really need to be. I mean, I listen. We both have been in arguments. We've been in relationships all our lives. I just don't know if I've ever gotten so mad. I was like, yeah, yeah, well, you wait till you try and go to bed tonight. Well, it's that thing, like, you don't think that this story will get out? Yeah. Like, you might be so pissed off at the person, yeah, this will get them. <laughs> show wait you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, though, the story will get out that I did this. Yeah, maybe not. But she did, allegedly. Allegedly. <clears throat> yeah, that's something to... And how does that conversation go with your friends? He's saying that you pooed in his side of the bed. Is that true? Well, I was very angry. Were you? I don't think if I was really angry, I'd be able to release my uh, my bowels. Well, I know. There's so many dimensions to it. Sure there is. Like, in, like who cleaned it up? And Although I guess they would have them. Uh, well, they would have people. Would yeah, but even they would have people for that. But, uh, yeah, so that's how sour that relationship became. Yes. There's little videos that she took of him, him slamming cupboards and stuff and being pissed off, and it just seemed like a real weird environment, the whole thing. So any any part of it's believable to me from what I've seen. Have you ever seen, do you know who Amber Heard is? Not really. Uh, She's a very, very um, delicate and, and beautiful person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just beautiful, the, I, like you know, very beautiful, like hot. So the type of thing that I well, wouldn't he, kick her out of bed for having a shit. You know, I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, were you? Yes, I was going to say that you would definitely not kick her out of bed for shitting on your side. You'd be like, if that's where you need to go, honey, I'll just sleep in the spare room. <laughs> like, like seriously, if that's what you need in this relationship. No, she hooked up. With, she hooked up with the wrong person. She needed somebody that had that fetish. Because there's a few, like Danny Thomas. Doesn't he have any kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her grandkids. Oh. Um. Yes, she's very attractive, Amber Heard. But uh, yeah, and but you know, there can be abuse. You doesn't you know, abuse is abuse, my friend. Stop abusing. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to go from shit to piss? Uh. I'm just trying to think if we uh, need to do anything else right now. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, then I'm going to play you. Uh, I'm going to play a little uh, palate cleanser from the poopy and the pee pee in between this and Noel. I'm going to play you a guy from Ireland that does uh, amazing impressions. OK, yeah. Now, this is a crazy story. A Zamboni driver from the Red Wings says he's been fired for peeing in a drain. Al Sabotka filed a discrimination lawsuit this week against Olympia Entertainment, uh, who owned the building that the Red Wings play in, <clears throat> two months after he was fired, following 51 years, 51 years with the Red Wings. 
Now, his lawyer says he's got a health condition. It's a prostate problem, which forces him to frequently urinate. I mean, this is perfect for our demographic. We can all relate to this. Urgent urination is a real thing that happens to men. He's 68 years old, so he couldn't get to a restroom because, you know, urination comes on really quick, and it does for people suffering from this problem. I can attest to it. You're uh, you're getting to know it. Mm-hmm. Getting to know you. <laughs> anyway, in the Zamboni room, there's a drain that carries ice runoff from the Zamboni. Someone saw him apparently peeing into this drain because he was... You know, he had to pee on the spot. Wait a second. Like behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Away from everyone. Right. In the Zamboni room where the, the, they, the melted ice goes draining yeah. into the system. Okay. And it wasn't even like during a game or anything. This was off hours. Yes. So he's just doing his work in the Zamboni room. His responsibility. So he quickly pees in the trough. And I use that word because I'll make another point. Uh, he thought he was the only one in the building. Anyway, some weasel sees him and reports him. And if that's not bad enough, then the Red Wings fire him. But for and what? And of course, they won't address it. They say now it's a legal thing because he's, he's coming back him. at them for unlawful dismissal. Or wrongful dismissal. But why? Why? what was the impetus? Like, it just well, sounds... Just, it, I, I know, but it just sounds... I know you're going to make the point about it being politically correct or whatever. Yeah. Somebody's getting their feelings hurt because they saw mm-hmm. a guy, an old man, peeing in a hole. But yeah. but how did the... I, I'm just surprised that the Red Wings organization would have let it get to this. Well, things have just run out of control. You know, the, the, the default now, the reflex is anything like this, we must just... We must take action. We must uh, show that we will not tolerate such behavior. But... Look at the behavior. This is the guy that, you know, the octopus thrown on the ice in Detroit is a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Traditionally, he's the guy that always has to pick them up, and then he twirls them around his head. So not only is there Zamboni driver 50, 51 years, he's also a bit of a character. Like, he's a guy that drives a Zamboni, and he's a character. People know who he is. But I, and I, and listen, yeah. I, I know the re- re- reflex and, and the knee-jerk reaction of corporate America and Canada now is that, but surely, and I've said this about, but surely there was a meeting where yeah. somebody would say, listen, he wasn't, it, as I said to you before the show, it's not like he did it at center ice in between no. periods. He, he no. did it in a room away from people. And I can tell you, I'm more than uh, a, from like, I, it's just been recently that this urination, this frequency or the urgency has passed. Cause I can tell you, man, like I, I didn't, I didn't go through what you went through, but I've been through it enough to know like there when it comes on, you just have to go. And so he he did what he he was in a situation where it's like I couldn't get to a washroom. Surely in a meeting somewhere after 51 years, they could have said, you know what, Tom or Zamboni Bob, uh, we'll give you a pass on this. And the fucking weasel that turned him in like relax. You know, because this guy's all, like 68 years old when you have severe prostate problems, although I don't know why the man wouldn't just go get himself a turp. Get all but, turped uh, up. Well, you can start to leak, actually. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, women have that problem, too, when they lose sure. bladder control. I mean, it's just let's be honest. It's part of life. And so if you could start if you it comes on and you have to urinate and you could start to leak, the guy just. Again, in a drain, too. It's not like he pissed on his desk or somebody else's desk. Or It wasn't like he was in the hallway. But he wasn't in the corridor. No. He wasn't outside the dressing rooms. He was in a room where they drained the Zamboni, melted Zamboni ice or whatever. Yeah. 
So I would just like to find a, the person that thought, oh, I'm so triggered by this. Yeah. I need to. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised. Because I tell you what, you'd think that if someone would come and say, hey, I just saw Fred having a leak in the Zamboni hole because uh, yeah. he has a problem with his prostate. Okay, well, thanks for that. No, but I'm so upset about it. Oh, no, we'll just, we'll take care of it. We'll talk to would Fred. It, was it, would it be because? Was it a female or something and they saw his his member and that was the problem but again that can be frightening not that the room is super private but it was sort of his domain i mean there's just so many levels to defend this thing um and the red wings knew they they were aware of his prostate problem this is what his attorney says it says it's not like i'm we're making this up on the on the spot they were well aware as an excuse man had a prostate problem listen during the last couple of months, and again, it's gotten better, my stingy pee hole issue. But there's been a couple of times, I'm just going to admit it, where I've come home and, I, and I've been away for a few hours. And so I've got to get Stan out. And this is at mm-hmm. night. Right. And I, get, I let him out in the back. And mm-hmm. while I was standing there waiting for him in the doorway, mm-hmm. this urgency came upon me. I've never felt anything like it. Mm-hmm. Where... I don't know. I yeah. wasn't. I didn't think I was gonna. I wasn't sure I was gonna pee my pants, but I peed in the garage. Yeah, no one could see me. Nice. It, yeah, it was very. It's a bit disconcerting because you know your whole life you've had sort of a a feel or around that part of your body, and all of a sudden when it 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 changed and it did, it was very very. Like I'd be on the golf course and have to like quickly go behind the cart or something because I thought I was going to anyway. And I didn't have the the height of my problems when I'd be driving back from the tin palace. Sometimes a pee would come upon me and I think, where am I going to go pee right now? I got to pull over because I, you know, I, I, I don't know where the next McDonald's is or something. So I'd be coming down a road. Like if I was coming the back way and then I'd pull up a side road, then another side road. And the whole time I'm like, in agony because it's right there and then get out throw the door open stand behind the door and pee i'm glad those days are over but i had a few of those man well and i i'm I'm gonna tell you again i didn't i didn't it turned out that it wasn't as big an issue as yours but for a while there for a couple of months i was on those antibiotics for um 60 days there were many times just as you described where i would be leaving somewhere and i would have to decide and it's only, let's say, a 20-minute or 30-minute drive. Will I be able to make it to my next place <laughs> to pee? I've never yeah. had that feeling before. And again, now I, mean, I know this isn't about the Samboni driver anymore, but it is about men as we age, and this is one of the things that happened. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything ahead. else about this? I've, I got just a quick, you oh, know, no, no, no. American suing story. I was just going to say the irony story. is here. I mean, yes. a loose connection. Yes. Years ago... At Maple Leaf Gardens, everybody peed in a trough. Yes, yes. When you went into the bathroom, it was just a long trough, the whole length of the wall, and you just stood there and you pissed in this trough, and it all everybody's pees running by you towards the drain. Never seen I mean, really, like it. it was disgusting. It was. That was uh, that was part of the world back in the early days of Maple Leaf Gardens, and I am sure the Montreal Forum was the same way in a lot of those places. Well, I only I w- didn't go to that many games before, uh, I, but I'd been in that Maple Leaf Gardens mm-hmm. trough uh, rodeo. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Just a bunch of guys standing yeah. around. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly before we get uh, Noel here, and he's, of course, our Gig Sky guest of the day. But this just goes to show you that Americans are such a litigious, besides everything else, a litigious society. So this is a couple who moved um, to a golf course property in 2017. 
Mm-hmm. They moved to uh, to a home overlooking their golf course. Right. In December, a jury awarded them nearly five. Uh, I'm sorry. They've picked up nearly 700 balls on their property in mm-hmm. in five years. In December, a jury awarded them five million dollars for damages and mental and emotional suffering. Right. Again, Even though they bought a house on a golf they course. bought a house on the golf course. Yeah, they're getting shelled with golf balls. They knew that when they. Oh, okay, so everyone just do no, the story yourself. But yeah. this is my point about the story is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'd think that. In any normal situation, someone would come to the to try, the Red Wings organization and say, this has happened, and they would go, well, we'll yeah. take care of it. He's got yeah. prostate yeah. cancer or some shit. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's get Nolan here, and then I will uh, talk a little bit about Gig Sky. But yeah, if you move to a golf course, uh, you can expect some balls in your backyard. <laughs> Isn't that something? I know. That's wild. <clears throat> so, uh, Noel Kassler... Uh, one of our very, very favorite guests. Before we get to Noel this morning, I'm going to play this. I like a little living in America while we talk about... Talk a little bit about our gigs guy, guest of the day. If you're thinking about getting away, you should. America is open for business. They don't care. Maybe you want to go uh, someplace warm. Well, now you can. You deserve peace of mind when you travel. So serve like a local, like a local with a tap of a button. GigSky, GigSky.com offers a 100% data plan. Whether it's WhatsApp, Instagram, FaceTime, it's all there. And if you need a hotel, rental car, or looking for things to do, GigSky Travel Rewards offers up to 50% cash back on over 850,000 hotels globally. Reduced rates for rental cars, and you can book your theme park adventure even in Florida, where they hate Disney. Um, you can do that from your GigSky account, foreshadowing what we're going to talk to Noel about. Uh, visit GigSky.com Travel Rewards and sign in and find out more. Also, right now, you can download the app for iOS or Android and enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Visit GigSky.com. That sounded pretty professional, eh, uh, Noel? God that damn it. great, dude. That's how it's done. It's nice to check in with you guys and learn from some pros, man. I, uh, I would listen. No more. We don't need to introduce Noel anymore. Just follow him on Twitter as I do. This morning, uh, Noel, I, uh, I listened to your latest car rant, which I, I really dig. And uh, why don't you just sort of sum up what you were talking about? You were talking mainly about how uh, DeSantis is becoming more like Trump, fatter. You actually said he's fucking getting, you made me laugh because you said he's getting chubbier. But uh, maybe put that into some context for us. Well, yeah, it's like he's drinking buttermilk every day trying to get, you know, face fat because he didn't look like that five years ago. The oh, dude was in the military for most of his career, you know, but he's adopting the psychological cues that Trump has been so effective in branding himself and his audience with. So he's getting an instant connection by putting on an ill fitting suit. You know, DeSantis is a guy who went to Yale. You don't think he's met, ever met a tailor? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? He knows Mm -hmm. he's in a sloppy, stupid suit, but it works. And he's he's sort of like Trump with discipline. And that's what's so scary is that, you know, he's he's a lot more dangerous than Trump ever was. And Trump was uh, pretty dangerous. You know, so I tried to Mm -hmm. summarize that, you know, it's these the psychological, you know, 
iconography of MAGA is a very effective thing. You know, the Nazis, for lack of a better term, had like cool uniforms or whatever. Oh, right? Yeah. They had these symbols and this stuff that appeals to people on a psychological level level and the smarter kind of, you know, you know, heirs to the throne in MAGAville are getting that and they're becoming even more effective because Trump would have never taken on Disney. You know, that's a ballsy, psychopathic move right there. You know, so what do you think DeSantis plan is like what? So as we approach 2024, do you think he'll go head to head with Trump? I do. And I think if he was wise and I don't want him to do this, but I think if he was smart, he would go right at Trump. He would he would challenge Trump to a debate, which Trump couldn't do. You know, right. DeSantis is a Navy JAG lawyer. Well, like he uh, would eat- yeah, but no, if I may just interject, I, I think uh, most people are aware. I think somewhere last week and we didn't talk about it on the show, Fred, but you probably heard that the Republican National Convention basically said they're not going to. Right. Have any more? They basically said, Fred, they won't they won't put forward candidates for presidential debates anymore. Exactly. No, and this is true. They really did because Trump can't debate, right? None of them can debate. But but none of them can. You know, Noel, it's funny because even up here we have a buddy, uh, Richard Sirrett, and there's another guy that works on a whacked-out radio station here, Mark Petroni or whatever his name is. All these guys, you know, these far-right guys that make all these ridiculous statements, you ask them to come on the show to just talk about them, discuss them, but they're afraid. They don't want to be asked the obvious questions. Which is yeah, why none of those guys in the Republican Party now is. And yeah. it's a great cover, by the way. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Whoever is behind the scenes organizing this, they're smart. Yes. They figured it out. So basically they said, we can't we can't be on a stage and being asked about January 6th, yeah. elections being a lie. So we'll just not be on the stage. Mm-hmm. Great. Dem- and, you know, they're the ones to talk about freedom and democracy. That's what I love. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, um, so what you're saying, just to be clear here, if Trump declares for 24, he is going to run. You still think DeSantis will jump in that pool? He won't say, OK, I'll step back for Donnie and worry about 28. I, you know, I don't know for sure. Right. I think if he was wise he would almost go right at Trump and try yeah, to no, I agree. the mantle because there's going to be so much bad stuff coming out about Trump. Right. The January. Not, not that there hasn't been already, but, you know, it's looking like all signs point to Trump was the center of the January 6th sure. conspiracy. Right. And they have that in testimony. That's going to come out in hearings this summer. You know, it's going to be in a document this fall. So if DeSantis was wise, he'd run right at that and say, I'm. I'm more fascistic than Trump and less sort of corrupt, you know, less baggage. No, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but I certainly have to Fred, which is one of the things that makes, you know, gets me all turned up. And he, he agrees when I watch Fox and I, and I read, you know, your stuff, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. And sometimes it's you, you need to pull away from it. And one of the reasons I do, and maybe you can relate to this, is. I'm never getting the the satisfaction of like when are they going to finally charge these fuckers? When are they going to finally the state attorney in New York, or the January sixth committee, Merrick Garland? Why can't the Democrats yeah. ever get anything to stick to this? Why is that? Well, because we're very ineffective as Democrats. We're we, we're playing like nice. We're playing institutional. Take your time. You know, we're going to dot our I's and cross our T's and we run the clock out every time. And the right knows this. Trump knows he can 
file a gazillion appeals and basically wear people down until there's a regime change. Mm-hmm. In New York, the Manhattan DA had a case dead to right. He had two top prosecutors. Dudes came from Paul Weiss to work pro bono, pro bono to take Trump down. And those guys quit. When when A.G. Bragg took office in January. So Trump waited out Cy Vance's retirement. The new guy came in, gets a kickback on the side or gets somebody to say, hey, the juice ain't worth the squeeze, bro. You're in the big time now. Leave this guy alone and, you know, and pad your bank account. So the system itself is corrupt. The other thing I'll say in that, and a lot of people don't talk about this, there's a huge industry in Trump's corruption, right? There's a lot of law firms that get hired every time the Democrats have to sue a state for voting rights. There's a lot of newspapers that get sold. There's a lot of people that tune into Rachel Maddow to see the latest thing. So it's an industry of corruption at this point, you know, and the corporate heads that control it all don't really care. You know, about seeing Trump go to jail, there's a lot more money in keeping Trump as the enemy. It's like WrestleMania. You need a heel. Yeah, right. That's a great point. Bring the audience in. And that's what we're all getting sucked into. You know, that's a great point. You know, but the, the, the problem with it is and as we've discussed it's all like this is going to happen. That's going to happen and they're going to be exposed and he's going to be charged. Well, it still hasn't happened. And as long as it doesn't happen, it just makes him look better. Like I told you, so there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And that's what drives me crazy because you know, there's something there, but he gets to use that as the, exactly the, not to cut you off, but the, the, the Mueller report was a great example of that, yeah. right? It was dragged out. They went over every little thing. Don't go after every little thing. Get something that'll take the guy down, like yeah. colluding, colluding with the Russians and bust him on it. You don't have to do an inventory of everything that was in the car. If it was a stolen car, arrest right. the guy for stealing the car and throw his ass in jail. No, but you make a really good point, too. That And I, and I, I was just thinking about it briefly there that that really we're in the we're in a culture that's much like wrestling you know you've got your you know what you believe is the people on the right side of this argument or justice and then you've got the heels and and in a way you're it's all selling you know newspapers and media and social media clickbait all it's all part of that and so if trump were to be taken down and you know found to be whatever uh who would the heel be then well there'd be somebody there would be somebody, but they wouldn't be quite as accessible. You know, the thing about Trump is he's like fast food politics. He's easy to digest. He's yes. full of salt and fat for people <laughs> that never, you know, people who never paid attention to politics showed up in Ohio at a rally on Saturday yeah. night. You know, yeah. in April, ten years ago, those guys would have been going to the county fair or the carnival. Instead, they're going to see Trump. Okay. Well, I've got. Speaking of that, I've got some audio, Freddie, from that rally. And we were talking about this earlier. I said, I'll save this for Noel. And this is a, a couple of, you know, human beings, attractive women at a Trump rally. They're both holding uh, masks of cardboard masks of Trump's face. And they're being asked and they've got uh, T-shirts that say have uh, Jackie O and D- Princess Diana on their T-shirts. Stop. Hold on a second. Let me get rid of the music. Fucking too many things. I'm operating the show, too. Hang on. Here we go. Nice. I love the outfits. I would like detailed explanations on every single shirt. Ready, set, go. Right? So, living, living, and we know living. Pointing to Princess Diana. And you don't take down evil by being quiet or silent, right? So, people need to understand who they are. Do they look like them today? No. You think... You think 
Princess Diana is still alive? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Do you? I didn't, but maybe maybe you have something to that you know that I don't know. Well, you know God speaks to us, right? And there's ways that we can figure these things out. So if people start learning ABC one two three, which Michael Jackson talked about, how great reference many years ago, right? He sang about so when Michael Jackson sang about ABC one two three, and you know what that is, fellas? That's a cipher. People start understanding gematria. They well, again, not the first time, not the first time I've heard that phrase, gematria. Start understanding the numbers. Numbers, A equals one, B equals two, C equals three. They understand how words work. Sentence. So yeah. So this this is outside of that Trump rally. Right. Your look, your reaction. Okay. Look, like that's insane, obviously. But that's what Trump is. He's a ma- he's a magnet for for mental health. And and I'm not disparaging people with mental illness, but that's really a big pull in this stuff. And Trump was handed psyops, you know, from Putin and these guys. It's not by accident that they weave in all these conspiracy theories into QAnon and into MAGA, because it's like the basket is big enough for everybody. You got you think JFK Jr. is alive? Come on down Saturday <laughs> night. Wear a T-shirt. We won't laugh at you. But, but, you know, but why do you care if they're alive? Like, why is that even part of the equation? Like, like Princess Di is alive. And then and, like, how does that just I even become part and, of the world? And, and what's and, weird for me, Noel, is it went from JFK Jr. is going to return you know, at Dallas last year, and he right. didn't show up. And then JFK Jr. is gone. So now his dad's alive. I've seen some of that in the MAGA world. But Princess Diana and Jackie O, what what does they being alive have to do with anything to do with Trump? But, but Jackie O would be over 100 years old, wouldn't she now? Or something? Sure. Yeah, and she's not alive. <laughs> but, and, and what you, what, definitely but, not alive. But, Noel, what's cute about this, and it is cute, they're pointing, and since she's saying, she's uh-huh. alive, she's alive. Of course, they don't look like this now. No, because they're dead. That's right. why they don't look like that. And, you know, you got to want, like normal people that call themselves Republicans, do you not look at that and think, you know, I don't want to be part of that group. We got a, a similar thing going on here in Canada right now. With a guy named uh, Pierre Polyev, who's a conservative. And, you know, traditionally, I've been a conservative, but I'm really uncomfortable with where he's going with his his game, so to speak. He's cozying up to the people out west. A lot of the white supremacists that were responsible for the for the so-called freedom rally and all that stuff. But as a conservative, I'm looking, go, I don't want to be part of that club. And that could cause me not to vote for them. Why there's got it? Why isn't there more of that in this in the states? Because they expect the the midterms to go all Republican, right? Yeah, they do because there's no morality left in the Republican Party. Trump took it over, and 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 the Tea Party took it over before Trump. So it's not these old timey. You know, Orrin Hatch just died the other day, and mm-hmm. he was as conservative as it would get, but he was like a gentleman. He was yeah, an yeah. old school politician. He was a gentleman conservative, uh, right. and, yes. and and you know, again, I've traditionally voted between conservative and liberal probably liberal more than conservative but there was a great article that freddie sent me and basically the the jux, the, jux, the crux of it is the conservatives in canada can can lose by if the further right you go the less chance you have of winning in this country right if you go too far right you you turn off everyone and you don't get mm-hmm. elected Right. And in Canada, I guess this goes for uh, politics in general, but especially in Canada, as the saying goes, um, when the far right and the far left is mad at you, 
you know you're on the right track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and look, you guys are known for your equilibrium, right? Mm-hmm. You're known for sort of being like sober and mild to the most part. It's a generalization, yeah. but it's something we could learn from from our northern neighbors. You know, we, we've turned into a place where extremism is the only thing that yes. validates you in terms of political expediency. Right. On the left, you know, the stars are the super, you know, AOC and and I'm not dissing these people, but, you know, they're 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 not moderates. Right? No. And, and like on the right, it's the same thing. You have to be a fascist to, to hold power. But, now. you know, Noel, it's interesting, too, that on the left they're you know, they're they're labeled radical yet these shitheads on the right aren't labeled radical the same way do you know what i mean right. it's, and, and yeah. no one's more radical than matt gates and that crew of you know mm-hmm. uh, election deniers and january 6th you know all that stuff that's the most radical thing in your culture yeah and it's the most dangerous thing that our culture has experienced you know that radical right Stuff has done more damage to this country than any terrorist attack we had. Yes. Right. You know, 9-11 yes. was horrible. but We lost 3000 people. We lost a million people mm-hmm. in this country that didn't need to die because one of the parties said, don't wear a mask. Don't get vaccinated. Right. right. You know, and they're still doing and they're still doing Right. Exactly. You know, ra- radical left. All they want is good for the world. <laughs> That's and right. People right. to the extreme. On the right, it seems they want what's ever bad for people and bad for society to a, to an extreme. Right. Exactly. We basically want health care and don't beat up gay people. You know? yeah, exactly. And maybe don't bring in a, a yeah. assault rifle to my kids. No, the, exactly. that, those are the three tenets. Uh, health care. <laughs> don't beat up gay people. And do you really need an assault rifle at a Starbucks? Yeah, that's yeah. radical. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's radical. You know, I've been saving this for you, uh, Noel. I saw this uh, a week ago, and I and I discovered this morning when I was doing a little Noel Castler research. It was just basically me looking at your rant before you come on. But I noticed that you are followed by a guy that I love, and I'm not sure if this is how you pronounce his name. His name is Jeff Tiedrich, and he's one of those guys kind of like you that I go to. He's always got something funny, sort of clever to say, and he hates Republicans. He said, here's what he said recently. He says, I'm so old, I remember when mainstream Republicans were basically reasonable people with differing views on economics and not a festering fuck tangle of democracy-hating, book-banning, ball-frying, fascist shit weasels. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I gotta follow him back. I've seen his work. Yeah, he's funny. But I love that. Not a bunch of book-banning, ball frying fascist shit weasels and you know you know what the thing is like corruption through government and how it can corrupt your character is what i'm getting at is you may be um, a a midland republican but you you make a decision one day that if i'm going to survive or if i'm going to be part of this team i gotta go that way it's even against my better judgment against my what i really believe in but if I still want to cash that check, you know, and be part of the backroom deals, I got to buy into this shit. Yeah. You made the perfect point, Fred. You yeah. made the point that really gets to the mm-hmm. heart of the matter. Politics is hard, right? It's mm-hmm. hard to make it as a politician. It's like making it as a comedian or something, right? There's mm-hmm. a thousand people that want these one little slots, right? There's there's two senators and a handful of congressmen from every state. So if you're not going to be effective, you're not going to get the backers and you're yeah. not going to get the stage time. And 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 everyone's ambitious. They want to make it so people are willing to compromise for their own career 
careers. And that's the kind of thing we need to get rid of. Right. Whenever I see a billionaire running for office, I'm like, what the hell do you want to be a politician for? If I had a billion dollars, I'd be sitting on a beach right now getting a BJ or something. Um, You know what I mean? (laughs) I wouldn't be like, give me a job that pays 200 grand a year and has 18 hour day. Dude, I thought this. First of all, I thought the same thing when I was looking at some story about. So there's Mehmet Oz who's running in Pennsylvania. Perfect. There's also another that is it is the guy a billionaire? There's, there's some uh, Mehmet, Mehmet, no, 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 I know. I'm saying the other guy running. It's not just Mehmet. Okay. Oh, yeah, the Carlisle Group guy. Yeah, yeah. to your point, there's a guy, Fred. He's a hedge fund manager. I don't know if he's worth right. a billion, but his salary last year was $22 million. He's right. worth hundreds of millions. I, I was looking at the story and listing his assets and homes in New York and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that, Noel. I thought, what, what does Mehmet Oz and this hedge fund guy... What do they want with being a Pennsylvania senator? Can you just, as we wrap up today, yes, yes, I understood what you said to Freddie about the power and there's only a few people and they'll say anything to get elected and, and all that. But what do these guys need this gig for? Right. It's unfettered greed. It's access to more capital. It's to do favors for other businesses that will make them even wealthier. And and greed has become the real like epidemic underneath all this. This is all motivated by money, the Mm -hmm. fascism, the DeSantis. It's all about money. And people need to realize we only you don't need so much when others have so little, you know, like you can only spend so much money. You can only have so many houses. But we sort of live in a climate that glorifies that. And I'll shut up. But like Elon Musk might buy Twitter today. He's the richest man in the world. If he does, it'll be fifty four dollars a share, which is forty three billion dollars. You could wake up with forty three billion dollars today and be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to solve childhood poverty. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. go, I'm going to watch porn for the rest of the day. Yes. And smoke a joint. Bo- and you would still be things. the most successful human that day. <laughs> that's right. You would still have done more than any other person. Why not say, do that? That's what my Google calendar would say. Right. It would be solve child hunger, then get high and watch porn right. in the afternoon. It would be humble and Fred, 8, 15 a.m., 9 a.m., and Howard, yeah, another reason you don't want your mom watching over you. That, well, right. that's why I said that. Yeah, I don't want my mom mm-hmm. looking it's my, You know, my point is you can mm-hmm. still have all I the f- sort of pleasures of life and then help other people. And why not do that? But back know? to those guys like Mehmet Oz. I know he's a quack and everything, but he's worth $150 million. And honestly, I know you said it's to have more power, more greed, more influence. But who needs the aggravation? Well, in, 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 well, in Ahmed's case, he's he's a Turkish citizen. He yeah. has dual citizenship and he's in very tight with Erdogan. His sister-in-law is one of Erdogan's top people. So it's a more of a political right wing, you know, authoritarian move. And his wife, Mehmet Oz's wife, owns a Splenda. You know, that big tree service company. It's ASP. It's a huge, huge you know, conglomerate of like, Mm -hmm. you know, tree service kind of stuff Mm -hmm. in this country. So he's married to a rich woman. too. Not only is he worth, you know, $20 million a year contract. Yeah. yeah. Like, why wouldn't he just want to keep doing like, I know it's And he's an asshole, by the way, my friends were his stage managers. Like he is despised on set, you know, just a total scumbag. He must be an asshole. Like any normal functioning person, if he can gravitate to Donald Trump. Right. And find something positive there, then he must be an asshole. I mean, seriously. 
I know. I know. And next time we'll talk about yeah. Oprah because I worked with Oprah a lot and I don't think I've ever shared those stories with you guys. Well, so. well you do that. Tell them what, if, uh, well, I don't know if Mike uh, even interviews you anymore, but let's send Mike a note and say, just remind the guys, okay. I want to tell some yeah, Oprah yeah. stuff. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit of Marjorie Taylor Greene, but to a lot of Canadians, like the three of us are all very familiar with this, but a lot of times... I think at the end, because I get so excited when you're on. Freddie and I love you as a guest, but it's it's kind of our chance to kind of throw all the American stuff. But for most people, yeah, they are somewhat aware of her. But uh, I think one of the things Fred and I were talking about earlier, just to finish, Noel, is don't their constituents like Lauren Boebert's and Matt Gates's and Marjorie Taylor Greens, doesn't the people that that elected them see how they what they've become, and don't they have any? Isn't there any pushback from them? Those nice people that said yes on a ballot? They don't necessarily because people are working hard. You know, the constituencies of these people are working these long hour shift jobs, you know, for low pay. And then when they're getting the news, they're getting it from Fox or they're getting it from a local Sinclair broadcasting thing or a paper. So they're not getting as much pushback as they should because they're not getting the right information. Yeah. But what scares me about that, too, those people? Um, just when we think here we are in 2022 that, you know, we've we've for the most part moved on from racism and intolerance. It just shows you it's alive and well, mm-hmm. because those people yeah. like like Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, their whole the whole seed there is racism and intolerance. And that's what's attracting people. Let, like, let, you think you think are nice, normal people. Yeah, but right. it's giving what? them a voice. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 well said. Well, and I was going to say, they're, it's a, those, they're using those people to attract real power, which is the people way above those. Noel Kassler, right. at Noel Kassler uh, on Twitter. And uh, anything I can promote for you? Anything we can That's say? It. I'm going to be at City Winery at the beginning of June, New York City on June 7th, Philadelphia June 8th, and I'm going to be at the Music Room in Cape Cod on August 3rd. And by the way, guys, I saw Gordon Lightfoot last week. What? My man is looking good. Yeah, yeah Troy for... Music Hall in Albany. Amazing. He, was he playing his guitar? Yeah, dude. He was playing. He had the band. He did it because there was some issue. That. There was some. There was stories circulating that he couldn't uh, strum anymore. But uh. no, well. he was strumming like you couldn't really hear it that well. But he was doing his twelve string, um, keeping the rhythm. He sounded great. I love. When him. are you? When are you coming to Toronto? I'm working on it. I'm gonna yeah, get up should. there, guys. We're gonna do something. Yeah, you up should there. get it. We will, and that I was gonna say that you should do. A, let's get a show together up here, and we. I'm certainly there's enough people that know you by now. Uh, always a pleasure. We'll catch up about Oprah one month from now. Noel Castle, always the best, my brother. Look at you, buddy. Look Thank at you guys. Have a great week. Thanks, Noli. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah, I'm. I'm again. I could talk to this guy all day about all that fucking. You know, there, there's just so much of it now. I think that's part of their strategy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I can't keep track of it all. I could play you no, audio. It's true. I could play you audio of some of that Trump nut. Like, mm-hmm. I was going to play him. I had some other audio queued up of the mm-hmm. the freaking out at Pierce Morgan rant. It's just, there's just too much. Sometimes I actually think now he actually believes he won the election. Like he actually believes it. Like it's not just. Like, he's just so tenacious. He won't let go. Like, does he... He really believes it. Fred, I will tell you this. From my exhaustive uh, uh, four-book research, the books I read about Trump, I guarantee you he's believed it since before the election. That man has... uh, if you can admire anything about him, it's his self... His his own Mm self-delusion is his superpower. 
You know what I saw on YouTube last week? It was uh, an interview that Mike Huckabee, another slimeball mm-hmm. pig, the, one of the most disgusting human beings on earth, only because he hides behind God so much. I but know. he is so evil. And that bitch daughter of his that he he's responsible for. But he did an interview with uh, Trump over Christmas, and it was he might as well have taken his big god tongue out and stuck it up <laughs> Trump's asshole because it was pathetic. All you, and then, Mister President, you did this, and then you did that, and then you give this, you gave this to that person, and then you recognize this person. And I'm thinking, this man of God is mm-hmm. is sucking the dick of one of the most evil people on earth. Like, there's no hope. Well, I'll tell you what, Pierce Morgan, who's been mm-hmm. friends with the former president for years. By the way, that's another thing that really irks me. All these right wing commentators just keep calling him President Trump. Like, yeah. they, like, because in, in past tradition has it, former president. And we're yes. here with. And then once you've introduced him as former President Barack Obama, whatever, mm-hmm. then you sometimes will refer to him as President Obama. But they all return. Right. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But the, you know, if you watch this thing tonight, I'm just trying to see. Yeah, there's a there's a, I, I can't I can't find the, the clip, but I will say this. Trump freaks out at Pierce Morgan because Pierce Morgan, even though he knows the guy is asking him those questions. Do you really believe the election was stolen? How can you say that? And then that's, of course, why, as I said to Noel, they don't want to have a debate. They don't want to put their people up on a stage where they're going to have to answer these questions. You know, what I was reading on the weekend, there was a real interesting twist to that story. Which one? That Piers Morgan's main competitor in Britain, because he has this new show. Yes. And the guy he's going to go up against compiled a list of things that Pierce Morgan has said about Donald Trump over the past year and a half. Oh, and him and Pierce Morgan are supposed to be pretty good Trump uh, friends, him and Trump, because yeah. he was on The Apprentice and all that stuff. But anyway, this competitor of Pierce Morgan <laughs> puts together this list of all the things that Pierce Morgan has said about Trump over the past year and a half. Some pretty nasty stuff. And it was given to Trump like 15 minutes before yes. the interview. Yeah, that's what I read, too. I, I didn't realize yeah. that's where it came from. Yeah. But I'd read that somebody handed Trump. In fact, there yeah. was a moment or two before they rolled camera that Trump was deciding whether he was going to go do it. Because the worst yeah. thing, and again, I know this from the extensive uh, reading, the worst thing you can do in Trump world is to say something, what Trump, as Trump's favorite word, nasty. Yeah. Is it, you say something that's nasty about Trump, he finds it unforgivable. Even though the man literally blathers on endlessly about all these other people. He's one of the most disgusting people on planet Earth. Anyway. Um, speaking of politics, uh, Macron was reelected. I guess that's good for everyone because there was another right wing. Like it, it's by the way, just like inflation is not a North American problem. This movement of right wing, I don't know, fascism, whatever you want to call it, is global. You know, this is this is one of the reasons we're having a war in Ukraine because that man, you know, Russian Hitler, wants to take over Europe. You know, feels it's Russians destiny birthright whatever you have but yeah this isn't just happening here and it's really raised its ugly head since uh the trump era yeah yeah very much so it has 
Uh, do you want to do a little uh, business right now before we get to Dan Duran's news? Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Hang on a second. Let me get something. I, I've been playing. Uh, I've been sort of just going at the top of this list. Let me get some uh, something I haven't played for a while here. How about something like this? This is a band called Lifehouse, and uh, I believe you and I and this band were in somebody's house. Was it this band that we did? I know we did the that one rock band we did in the backyard, but I thought we took Lifehouse. What was the rock band we took to the backyard? I can't remember. You know oh, what Tea I mean. Party. Tea Party. Yeah. And then this band we took, uh, they played a, a home concert for somebody at a CFNY or Is that the one out here near Brampton? Yes, sir. I remember that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, so why don't, while we listen to Lifehouse, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about these fine people? Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca. You know, take some time, investigate. I mean, it's a big decision. Are you going to become part of a benefits uh, plan for your people? Uh you know, you need questions answered, and they can be answered quickly. Uh, there's a place right there, a badge, right on the, the landing page that says get a free quote. So they'll ask you some questions and then quickly tell you what it's going to cost you. You'll be pleasantly surprised that as a small business, you can be part of this. We've told you why, because all these little businesses together uh, can, you know, have the image of a big company. Keeps premiums down. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan has done a great job of keeping uh, premiums down. Our buddy Brett Tanner's been on the show many times. He's given you the evidence. Uh, they do a great job of keeping premiums down, which is uh, great for small business because you have to control your costs. You know, it's all normal stuff that a business has to think about. But today, go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote. It's all there. All right. Watch this, Dan Duran. You know, I know you think this can only be done if you have a mouse, but I believe uh-huh. I can do something called a little thing I'll call. Uh, cross-fading. Listen. Oh, shit. I spoke too soon. <laughs> it was literally the worst. I, no, I, you know what? I, that deserved websites was horrible. Hang on. Here we go, Dan Duran. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now Dan Duran News Brought to you by HealthGage Go to HealthGage.com We highly recommend the HealthGage Phoenix If you are like a lot of older folks Trying to keep track of your blood pressure You want to know that? Not just when you go to shoppers HealthGage.com is where you go to get your uh, your watch. You can check your uh, BP, your heart rate, pulse wave, calories, steps. Yesterday, golf did 11,000 steps. Fantastic. And uh, it's all there on your wrist. The uh, Phoenix is available now at HealthGage.com. Put in the promo code HumbleFredHG for 15% off at checkout. That's HumbleFredHG at HealthGage.com. And now, uh, here he is. Uh, only a few more days. Uh, from this lake, as Dan moves from one lake to the other, that's who he, he's like a lake dweller. <laughs> I mean, you're 
We call him a puddle jumper. Yeah, Dan Aran, <laughs> puddle. Uh, Dan Aran. Live from his winter lake home. Here's Dan Duran. The phone charging cable may be universalized soon in about time. Uh, last week, the EU's e, uh, Internal Market and Consumer Protection Committee, that, that'd be a fun committee to be on. Mm, anyway, they, they voted uh, to support legislation to make all phone makers use the same charging port. So Apple, smarten up. The, uh, the latest round of uh, formats is the USB-C which most phones, except for Apple, seem to use these days. And that may become the standard soon. They've been working on this since uh, 2018, believe it or not. Uh, So the next step is the European Parliament must approve the draft legislation next month, and then they'll talk to uh, each individual member states about the final directive. But it seems to be right around the corner where we can uh, just uh, rely on phone makers. Uh, you, know, you can go to somebody. I can go to Howard's place and say, hey, you got a charging oh. cable for my phone, and I'll be able to charge her up. I know. It's ridiculous. Why? I See, guys, I disagree. Like, like why? I have a Bose mini speaker. I can't use the charger from my JVC mini mini uh, speaker. Like, like... Like why? Like well, I would it's say the product, and that's the charger that comes with it. Even within Apple, though, I mean that uh, I get your point. But even inside the world of Apple and Mac, it's like the fact that every time, like my computer, does right. it, it, uh, it's a new computer. Well, now my old Mac charger doesn't work on this computer. I mean, there's got to be some universality to it all. I mean, it's all about trying to get you to buy more. You know, like this charger it. is one hundred and fifty dollars. To me, I that it just reeks a bit of overreach. You know, I could be wrong, but that's my initial thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Well, to Howard's all, point, well, yeah, a couple you. of points. Yeah, to, to first a, of all, Fred's never wrong. That's a point I'd like to make. <laughs> right, okay. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm, I know. I'm just, I, I know. I, it, do, it doesn't sit well with me, but it, it's a matter of uh, pol- one of the things is a matter of pollution. Uh, the amount of, uh, you know, if you have to buy an independent cable for every little thing. Uh, that you purchase, then you're ending up, you know, landfills are filling up with all this, you know, yeah. <clears throat> e-waste. So if you just have a cable that runs everything, then you're not throwing on cables away all the time. You're just throwing away when they wear out. I was going to say that, Dan. Have you ever? I did this recently because I was going through some stuff in that cupboard in my kitchen. The amount of cables and chargers I have mm-hmm. for phones I don't even own anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I've like right. It's ridiculous. Here. But, you know, I I have a MacBook Air here and I have a Dell computer here. So theoretically, they should use the same power adapters and chargers and stuff like I. I where does it stop? That's my question. I wouldn't um, have a problem with that. Power doesn't change that much. Mm. I mean, I suppose the input voltage and amperage does. Well, think about it. Generally speaking. Yeah. Like think about the universality of just plugs in general. They all go into the wall the same way. It's not like one product goes into it a different way. Howie. Yes, yes, brother. And no. Yes, they all go into the wall the same way, but they don't necessarily go into the appliance. Uh, the this is uh, what well, I'm saying. But there's universality on one end. Why not the other? Right. Dan, I have a question for you. Yeah. And Freddie, too. How come everyone's got COVID but us? <laughs> you know, like Rachel's parents, you know, they got it. Rachel's brothers got it. You know, other people I know, my buddy Fraser had it. I was just like, I can't, 
Did, is there something? No one in this group right now has COVID. Has had COVID. Haven't had it yet. It seems like everyone's gotten the COVID, Dan. But the three of us around us, there around, are people exactly. getting it all, all, all over, the over the fucking place. What's wrong with us, Dan? Why don't we get no COVID? My girlfriend Lisa, her parents, uh, my friend Linda Cash, uh, everybody around us. Yeah, they're all got. We're not. Maybe uh, you think it's going to happen that we're just all of a sudden going to get it. Or are we like getting the hangers on, Dan? Because you you're a sci-fi guy like me. Why aren't they studying us? Why aren't we being studied? (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't we being the, the antidote is within this triad. Guys, you're forgetting. We may have had it and just been, luckily, asymptomatic. Well, well way, to, way to kibosh the bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, next story. I still, I'm, well, I I'm still a little pissed at the charger cords, to be honest. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to take away your thunder. Okay, well. I have an old iPad that uses the old Apple mm-hmm. charging port. Okay. I was yeah. kidding. I, I know. I was kidding. Dan, nuts. but it yeah. just seems uh, whether, uh, you know, there's something in the humble Fred and Dan, uh, you know, DNA yeah. that has prevented something us. something special about us hey, is what well, you're saying. Hey, I just don't. Listen, listen we're the only yeah, guys I know that haven't had it. And Rachel. No, I know. Like, uh, close buddies of mine, other guys haven't had it either. Um, you just have to wonder, too, if genetics are part of our DNA or something. Maybe we're resistant to it or something. Maybe there are individuals that to get it is a lot harder than others. There's got to be some explanation. I mean, bit stomping aside, I'd say, you know, I'm out. I've been out. You've been out to a baseball game. I was out in clubs and I've been around people. I was in a club performing. I was in a club watching a performance. Dan, you've been out and about. It's not like mm-hmm. uh, my point is we've been careful and I think mindful, but we haven't been completely restricting ourselves from activities. You just and I'm not complaining. I just make that observation on the weekend. I'm like said to Rachel when, when I found out about her parents, which was. You know, not good because they're in their 80s, but they're they're doing okay. I talked to, you know, it turns out, again, if you've been boosted and you're vaccinated, it's like a bad cold. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, you know, Freddie hasn't had it. I haven't had it. Dan hasn't had it. No, nope. we should figure out what's the commonality. I mean, we're three guys in our 60s. Yeah. Well, we don't get, we don't, well, yeah, we've been out and about, but I don't know. Both of my kids have had it, but both of my kids have had it. Yeah. Has Colton had it? No, I think uh, I'm not sure which one of them. I think no, Charlie only had it once, but I know I know in their friend group they've all had it. All and of did them. you ever get a booster, like a third shot? Yeah, I've are had you gonna a booster. Get a, yeah. Are you going to get a fourth? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take. I'll take as many boosters as they want to give me. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, I know I'll you got here. yours. All. I guess uh, the yep. question now is if you actually have had it. Uh, when should you get the booster? How long will the, having the had it uh, protect you before you need to get the booster? But you haven't had it. No, it's a you know. It's a, uh, does that even enter into the equation? I don't know. I believe it does. Yeah. Oh really? Because I just I I heard 140 days. They want you to wait more. You know to keep so people aren't all showing up at once. Mm-hmm. That 140 day thing is more for crowd control than it is for. Well, on the official stance, I think that's true. But like if there's a if you've already got some natural immunity from having it, what is the distance of time that you 
you can wait before getting a booster and still be yeah. protected. Good question. Well, Good question. anyway, Dan, I was just thinking of every virus movie I've ever seen. I think somebody should alert the authorities that the three of us, for some reason, aren't getting the COVID, and maybe we should mine our DNA or some shit. <laughs> maybe we could say, make some money on this. It, it almost, exactly. almost makes you want to try and get it to see if you can. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. And no. Um, listen, what about the uh, what about this important message from one of our fine sponsors? During your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now there's a there's a bit that I don't know if we could still be doing that on on regular radio be a fun meeting after the show. So guys, let me get this straight. You think your bit was you're uh, complaining because you didn't have COVID and then you wanted COVID. That's what you thought. That was your bit. Okay. And that doesn't seem like a good bit. Let me get this straight. Uh, uh, Freddie, are you all uh, done over there? No, I, am- I want to tell you about Tim Nibbler. Oh, okay? hang on a second before you do. And Dan, I know you maybe you have another story. We'll get to that. First, let's hear about this sweet angel, Timothy Nibblesworth. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He was on the show last week talking about, uh, you know, have you changed your job lately? And uh, what's involved with that when it comes to uh, pensions, uh, you know, and their value? And do you have group RSPs and differences that have to be made um, when you change jobs? Or uh, is there a plan where you are now that uh, you've been taking advantage of? And if you leave, can you take it with you? On and on and on. All these brilliant questions that people don't think about right day to day they just pay into this stuff and again they're not aware of sometimes the consequences of say changing your job again tim lots of information he's the retirement sherpa retirement sherpa.ca yes indeed uh, danielle uh, do you have yes Dan, do you have some more uh, stories before we uh, shut it down well i did want to mention uh last tuesday in Washington State. I don't know if you've ever had this. You've gone into an outhouse and looked down that hole and wondered, mm-hmm. what's down there? Yeah. Mm. She uh, she apparently uh, dropped her phone down there Ooh. and uh, then disassembled the seating structure so that she could retrieve it with a dog leash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that wasn't working out. And then somehow she fell headfirst in. Jesus. Mm. And had to be rescued. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, she found her phone so she could dial 911. That's the best. So that she could get out. So she uh, had the pooped phone up to her ear and mouth, obviously, to, uh, <sighs> to call in the, uh, the uh, forces. And they hosed her down. And she's apparently doing okay physically, declined to go to the hospital. I Mentally, though, I mean, that's got to stick with you, <laughs> so well, to speak. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And, and way to, uh, you know, end the program, you know, on, a, a poop. on another on a poop note. Thanks to uh, Noel Kassler today. I uh, see here on... Uh, Boone's note here that Noel will be uh, New York City uh, June 7th, Philly on the June on the 8th of June, Cape Cod, August 3rd. Go to noelcastler.com for details. 
As always, thanks to uh, Dan DeRue, and thanks to you for hanging out with us on this, uh, you know, Monday the 25th of April. You know, I don't want to, it's going to be May before too, you know, before too long. Maybe it'll start to warm up. Yep, May, uh, what, on Sunday is May 1st, yes. Okay, pretty soon it'll be time for you to say hooray, hooray, it's the 1st of May. Can't wait for that. All right. Exciting. Uh, In the meantime, Dan, it's all yours. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow for more Poop on the World. Like and subscribe. Habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Mm-hmm.